Hello and welcome to the Prospector's Pickaxe, a podcast about mining human potential. I'd like to welcome you to this podcast. This is my really first foray into the the world of podcasting on a personal level. Uh, the purpose of this show is to discuss the challenges that are associated with being a leader, um, staying motivated, and working together to collectively help each other to overcome whatever obstacles are in front of us and stay true to our purpose. And I got to tell you, as a father and as an educator, as a husband, as a son, oftentimes it's very difficult to stay focused on what's in front of us and on our true purpose because I think that oftentimes the things that pop up, the challenges that arise can pull us away from what's really important and get us to focus on things that don't really matter. I've been a principal now since 2005 and in that time I've come across and dealt with a lot of kids and a lot of families and quite honestly my life is so much better off as a result of that but I think that there's a quote from Jim Collins he says that blood and marrow are essential to human life but not the purpose of it when I read that quote for the first time it made sense but didn't make a whole lot of sense like you know human life can't continue without blood and marrow but living is way more than blood and marrow and as I thought about myself as an educator and put it into current educational terms I firmly believe that testing and accountability are essential to education <laughs> but they're, they're definitely not the purpose of it. And I think that gets back to what is my purpose as an educator? Why is it that we have our kids going to school? Is it all about a test score? Is it all about making sure that every kid passes at least Algebra 2 by the time they graduate or further than Algebra 2 by the time they graduate? Is that what they really need? And when you look at other countries and what they do, countries that, quite frankly, right now are kicking our ass in test scores, what is it that they do that's different than what we do? That's a whole nother episode. What this is really about is, as a leader, how is it that I'm able to better focus on my purpose? And realizing my purpose every day and not get distracted by the noise. You know, as I was getting ready to do this podcast, this uh, storm kicked up here in the valley. And it came up really fast. A lot of wind, a lot of rain. And just looking out the window, I thought, God, this thing came out of nowhere. 
you know, I, I hope it doesn't last too long, but then again, we really need the rain because we haven't had much this year. And it didn't take too long before the storm passed and the sun's back out again now. I started thinking about how this impacts what it is that we do every day as educators, as fathers, as husbands, as sons. The fact of the matter is that all of us have storms that hit. The storms of life. I've heard it said that we're either coming out of a storm, in the middle of a storm, or entering a storm. And I've learned the most over the past 15 years or so of being a principal about riding out the storm from my students. Because it's not a question of whether or not storms are going to hit. It's not a question of whether or not the rains will come. It's about what I'm going to do whenever that happens. And am I going to maintain my direction or am I going to allow myself to be distracted by the thunder or the lightning or the wind or the rain? You know, both in my family, my personal life, as well as as a leader, the storms have hit. And they've hit hard. And I think the thing that I've learned the most, again, is from my students and their families. And I thought maybe I'd start this podcast out just by sharing some of the experiences that I've had with kids. And how they've taught me to ride out the storm every day. I had a student at one of my schools whose father was killed. It was not pretty, uh, as you can imagine, to be in the first grade and lose your parent. I lost my mother in 2014 at 44 years old, and it was difficult for me. I can't imagine being six or seven and having that happen. So I had heard that this happened, and I went down to the classroom to check on the students in the class and to let the teacher know what had happened and when I opened the door to walk in the little girl was sitting there now her father had been murdered just over 24 hours ago and there she was sitting in school And she looked at me and I looked at her and I kind of put my head down because I couldn't, I couldn't believe that she was there. And she got up from her seat and came over to me and said, I'm sad today. And I said, I know, honey. And she said, my daddy's gone. And I said, I know, honey. What do you need from me? And she just looked at me and said, I don't know. I said, well, why don't we come to my office and draw a little bit? So we went up to the office and she drew. And at the end of it, the drawing she had made was a drawing of me holding her hand. And underneath it, it said, my principal doesn't want me to be sad at school. And if I am, I can always go talk to him. 
very, very humbling experience. But what a lesson in strength. You know, I don't know that she did it because she was super strong or that because school was her safe place or that this child just wanted some sense of normalcy in her life. But she came to school regardless of what it was that was going on around her because that's what she was supposed to do. And I started thinking to myself about my own challenges I face and how some of them, although to me at the time they seem big, really are minuscule in comparison to what this child was going through. Yet she continued to go for, for, forward and oftentimes I stop. And another student who floods came and wiped out her family home. And I went down and I visited with the family at the uh, Red Cross Center and asked them what I could do for them. They said, well, we just want to make sure that she stays in school. We're going to probably be relocated. Can you help us with that? And I said, sure, no, no problem. And that little girl was at school on the next Monday. Not only was she at school the next Monday, but she excelled. And when I asked her about that, I said, you know, you've got all this going on. What is it that I can do to help you? How is it that you're able to continue to persevere when it seems like so much is gone? And she told me, it's just a house. I'm with my mom. I'm with my brother. It's just a house. I don't know that I could have seen it that way. I think, you know, when you step back from it, it's easy to see it that way. But you're in the middle of it when you're in the middle of it. I think that's awfully difficult to do. She taught me a lot about perseverance and grit. Last kind of story that I'll share is one of a family that lost some children. On a Saturday night, some of their older boys were riding four-wheelers. And a drunk driver hit them and killed two of them. I've got children of my own, and I can't imagine as a parent what that would be like. I've got siblings of my own, and I can't imagine as a brother what that would be like. But two of their brothers went to my school. And two of their brothers were at school 36 hours after that accident happened. And they came to school and they fell apart. But they knew that school was a safe place for them to fall apart. They knew that their, their mom had plenty to deal with at home. Not only her own grief worrying about her kids and they were able to come to school and they were able to do the things they needed to do and they were able to allow us to step up and help them that doesn't mean that they came with open arms necessarily every day and said please help me what it does mean is that we waited every day with open arms 
and said, how can we help you? What do you need? A year later, that third sibling who had been out riding his four-wheeler with his two brothers who were killed was killed. And the next day, the two brothers came to school because that's what they were supposed to do. You know, academic achievement's important. It means a lot to the life of a child to be able to be successful in school. It has to do with their ability to make money, their ability to have a better quality of life, and today even to be able to afford health care. But I think that what these kids taught me is that my purpose is far greater than improving a test score. My purpose as an educator is about improving lives. And I say that knowing that I think the one who got the most out of those experiences and who was able to grow the most from those experiences may have been myself. I was able to learn from the strength of my students. And oftentimes we talk about the fact that teachers are, uh, you know, doing, uh, doing warrior's work every day and they're not paid nearly enough. And that's a whole another podcast. But who they are who they are is what really makes the difference. You know, I, I might have the best test scores in the state. And those kids might not have felt safe at my school. They might not have known that we were the place that they could go. And then it may not have felt comfortable falling apart. And in the long run, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay because they demonstrate the grit and the tenacity and the perseverance, the toughness that's needed to succeed in this world. And they were able to teach me that. So how can I take these experiences and translate them into what I do every day? And, and here's kind of what I've come up with. And I'd be interested to hear your perspective on this if you'll hit the message button on the bottom of this when the podcast is over and share maybe your experience or your message. But what I got out of this about the storm of life is that it's not the storm that stops us. There's only one of two things that can stop us. The first is... One, one of the greatest lies ever told. A great, one of the greatest lies ever told is that we can't do it. That it'll be too difficult. Or that the obstacle is insurmountable. And I think the root of all those statements is really fear. And to quote Jocko Willink, fear tells lies 
We don't have to believe those lies. We don't have to believe that the storm will not end. You know, Joel Olstein tells the story of a picture that has a beautiful boat in it. And this boat that's beautiful is sitting on the sand. And it's kind of sad when you see it because there's this beautiful boat sitting on the sand and it's not doing what it was made to do. It's sitting on the sand. It's not dancing on the waves. And the caption underneath the picture sums it up. The caption underneath the picture, as Joel Osteen describes it, is the tide will come again. The storm's going to clear. And what will matter when the storm does clear is what I did when the storm came. Did I hide? Did I quit? Did I allow fear to tell me the lie that I can't do it, that it's too difficult, that it's insurmountable, and my God, this storm is never going to end? What I've learned from my students is this. The tide will come again. And really, the lesson in all of this, the tide will come again, is that I'm stronger than I believe I am. That my God is bigger than I give him credit for. And that I have a lot of growing in order to grow and to be better at walking through the rain instead of hiding out undercover. I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you got something out of it. I'd love to hear your story about when the storm came and how you wrote it out and how you were able to overcome and how you've gotten better at walking in the rain. This is Chris Lineberry with the Prospector's Pickaxe, Mining Human Potential. Thank you so much for listening.